Hi guys, welcome to the show, and today we are going to talk about Nora Roberts' Summer Desserts, this lovely book that was written in the 1980s, and you can tell. I'm Amy. (laughs) And I'm Amanda. Um, And today we have a special guest. We have a romance writer, Genevieve Davis, and she's going to talk to us about summer desserts. She's going to tell us a little bit about herself, and then we're going to dive right in to this. I I won't tell my true opinion now. We'll wait for that. But here's Genevieve Davis. Hi. Thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Genevieve Davis. I write a series of books that take place in a little town called Starlight Falls. Uh, They're available on Kindle Unlimited. The first one is Fly Away Home, and the second is Roots and Wings. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, What genre would you say that you're writing within? So the genre that I'm in, I always describe it as sweet with heat. Um, Small town romance is generally in the sweet category. If you have a sweet romance, that's going to be um, one step below the Christian and Amish romance, which is actually a thing. Sweet romance typically has no sex on the page. It's all fade to black. My books do not do that. Um, (laughs) I actually got a complaint a couple of times that there's too much sex in my romance novel. That's not a complaint. I was like, this is not a real problem. (laughs) No. So, um, you know, my my characters actually do have sex on the page quite a bit. So... (laughs) Uh, it is is sweet because it's got those components of a small town southern setting, but mm-hmm. it's also got the heat. Good. Nice, nice. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Exactly. Let's dive into summer desserts now. Now, we have two main characters within this setting, right? We've got Blake, who, what Blake is Cochran? he? Blake Cochran? Yeah, he yes. He's what, a hotel, hotel mo- magnate. Yeah, mogul. Yeah. Basically, Ooh. he's like third generation hotel owner because that's relatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. That's every girl's dream. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Summer, who is like this delightful European woman who is a world-renowned uh, chef, and she specializes in making desserts, and she's lovely, and everybody wants her food. Also highly attainable for all of us females. <laughs> no, no, no. no. She's herself. relatable because she eats Oreo cookies. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. They talk about her making these delectable desserts and how she is this super, like, perfectionist, has to have everything right. She's in her own zone. She's an artist. And has to have the show pan. No, no, no. She's just career-oriented, guys. Yeah. She's just career-oriented. Oh, and then, <laughs> And then, like, she invites Blake over to her house and is like, here, take a cookie. And he's surprised that it's Oreos. Well, and that was in the context of a job interview, too. Yeah. You know, he was over there to decide if he wanted to hire her. Now, granted, he was headhunting her and not the other way around, but mm-hmm. you know, he's deciding whether he wants to put her in charge of culinary delights for his entire hotel chain and she's serving him a, a fucking Oreo out of a cookie jar, you know. Don't even make it fancy. <laughs> but after reading so many romance novels, like you can kind of understand the audience that they're writing to. Mm-hmm. And so as a female, you're like, ooh, she's a strong woman. She's got her, she's, you know, she's got her thing going. She's an artist. She's doing what she wants. But oh, she's down to earth too, just like me. So it was like, it was a way to make her relatable, but I didn't really buy it. Well, so they, they do. She does try some kind of relatable humanizing snippets here and there where they talk about when she's flying home from Rome after making this amazing <laughs> dessert. She's reading a murder mystery novel, which every woman does pretty much. She is obsessed with pepperoni pizza. She talks about how her sleep is the most important thing, <laughs> which I think we can relate to those things. But on the other no, aspect of that, that, she's flying all over the world cooking fancy pastries and the average day woman doesn't do that. 
but I guess it's the escapism part. Yeah. Right. This, this one is definitely very dated. I See, I grew up in the 80s. And yeah. so I remember my mother would watch the nighttime soaps that were on at that point in time. You can tell this one came out right about the time that Hotel was a big soap. Didn't that was, know that that was a thing. I think it was a spinoff of Dynasty, if I'm remembering right. I may not be. All of those, all of the nighttime soaps back then, like Dallas and Falcon Crest, which was my favorite, took place in these really, really incredible, very rich, opulent places. Yeah. So that's that's definitely a relic of that time. And so escapism is, oh, yeah. I can put myself right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was that dated part. It's, that It yeah. was hard for me to kind of get pulled into. It's I was a- more turned on by the desserts than the sex, personally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like me some sex, but yeah. Let's talk for a second. So it is definitely what I would consider a slow burn. It's not really up my alley. I'm finding a, I'm very, very new to romance novels. I haven't read very many of them, probably under 20. My sister, I grew up with her reading them all of these years. So she's read a ton of Nora Roberts. So she's telling me about all of this stuff. And I'm just like, I don't really know. I've only read a handful, you know. But this book, they almost kiss on page 48. <laughs> they yeah, feed each other. Time. They feed each other on page 85. They do actually kiss on page 90. They make love on page 91 the kiss again on 119 can Uh, i bring something up about the making love yes can we talk about that for a second that he uses the word making love yeah like like any man has ever done that ever come on and if they do it's like okay (laughs) cheesy yes if you've got a guy saying that it's like oh no you're not ever getting any now (laughs) what i noticed though and this is a grammatical thing so it's a little nerdy but i always thought it was like making love to somebody but in this Mm -hmm. it's making love with everybody's doing their part we're making love with each other not making love to each other so i but the first I, time he brings that up or he says he wants to make love to her is literally right after how he thinks about how he doesn't want a commitment to anybody and he's like oh yeah this is just gonna be a fling but then he calls it making love not just like yeah we're gonna beg so that's what weirds me out just a little <laughs> bit because i'm like sex and making love are two different things yeah and i right. feel like if you're being promiscuous you're not gonna call it making love you know so i thought it was weird that he had used that terminology but is that like for the readers because a I woman think so okay whenever you read these you want to believe in the romance and you want to believe that it is not just physical attraction. So that lets you kind of know, oh, he's going to make love with me. Oh, it's, it's a little bit deeper I don't think that. he's a likable character. Oh, no, I think he's a jackass. He is so fucking problematic. The part that really dated it for me is that she signs her contract that she's going to come work for him and that's when he lays it on the line and we're going to have sex. Mm-hmm. Just tells her. And he's always getting angry. Mm-hmm. That's, yes. I think, and in the 80s, I think that was a very problematic trope. Masculinity was shown by anger. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's one part that I that I highlighted actually a couple of times. Mm-hmm. She tells him she's not going to do something. Mm-hmm. And he said he wanted to shake those words down her throat. Yes. Violently. And I'm like, what yes. the hell? And, you know, yeah. not only is he now her boss and saying, by the way, we're also going to have sex. But when she tells him she doesn't want to do it's usually when she doesn't want a commitment. She doesn't want to be his girlfriend, you know, because yeah. he gets there faster than her. <sighs> and she's like, no, I don't think so. And he immediately goes to, to violence. And I guess we're supposed to think it's great that he doesn't act on that i don't know i'm like oh is it supposed to turn me on that you are angry that your sexual advances are being rebuffed and that's again that's the 80s i mean there was a lot of that general hospital was the big daytime soap Uh back then and the big huge romantic storyline was luke and laura and they started out with him being her rapist and so this was commonplace in the 80s that's not a story i want to know that's not a love (laughs) 
story I no, want to read. No, but it was it was very very common mm-hmm. um, in romance novels too. This particular one is silhouette, and I think that's a lot of um, a lot of the complaints that we all have with it is partially due to that because they have a very specific formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, they literally told their writers, "You will go this far in, and this is where the first kiss takes place. This is where the first sex takes place. This is where the first conflict takes place, and they resolve it in this many pages." I mean, now, these are very short. There's like two novellas. Mm-hmm. You can't really get into a lot of character development, I don't think, in that length of time. But the, I think that's why a lot of the scenes contrived. Like what you can put into their character development. I mean, because it has to be so like on the nose. Some Sometimes, like mm-hmm. I think it's even more important that you're clarified that hey, maybe he's not going to strangle her. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, yeah. or I mean, even like even with that conversation that he has with his dad, because there's only a few oh characters. Oh my god, in this that book. was terrible. Most of them are men, by the way. <laughs> Most of the characters in this book are men. Yeah. She has very little interaction with any other women. She talks to her mom, her mom and, and that's it. the receptionist might be a woman. It's never actually stated specifically, and one of the cooks might be a woman, but it's never actually stated. Almost all of them are men. His mom shows up at the very end, but she only talks to her her mom all of the men in this book are incredibly aggressive <laughs> um the cook especially he was very possessive like the head chef that she right. gets kind of gets into it with it he's super possessive over his chefs that just like take off to get married right. without dad. my permission they elope right yeah. yeah they work for you well, and then his <laughs> i want to hear their story yeah it's <laughs> like hey hey let's take a little they're kind chefs and they elope to hawaii that's pretty cool well and then the conversation with his dad where he talks about hiring summer oh, at first man. he goes so you got your a new chef and then he finds out that it's a woman and then he just immediately calls her a cook and he goes well I don't know if she would like being called a cook and it was like what <laughs> like why would you just switch your words up like that like she's a chef you were told she was a chef well it's just they're trying to play on that power dynamic of okay here's this woman she's surrounded by a bunch of men let's see her overcome that and our audience should love that because women love overcoming dickheads you know what I mean <laughs> but now the most important thing to me with a romance novel is if I like get those butterflies and sexual tension adds to that yeah now you were talking about the different page numbers that they would reach to whenever they would finally kiss or whatever and to me i thought that she could go a little bit faster with like well, she how starts off right move. away literally page one with these tantalizing words mm-hmm. like she literally when summer is building her dessert on page one she's saying sudden storms and long restless nights body tensed eyes alert and there wasn't a sound in the room like what there's starting off immediately like to build that tension mm-hmm. but you take 90 pages to get there yeah and I, it was a little slow for me and i think that's why i don't really like romance novels that are put in present time because I, it's just everyday stuff that i'm reading about and i just don't really care about that that's yes. why i think i like more historical romance and things like that well the conflict in this book is that summer doesn't want a relationship with this mm-hmm. guy because she's career focused yeah that's essentially the only conflict there are no stakes yeah no that's why you really don't get any tension. I mean, there's some sexual tension, I guess, uh, but it's all are they going to do it or not? But there are no stakes in whether or not this relationship happens. Neither one of them really has anything on the line. It's just... She does a little bit just because of the power dynamic, I feel like. that She kind of almost is like forced into this because of him, because technically he is her boss at some point, but essentially she's still world-renowned and she can get gigs anywhere that she wants. Losing out on this gig is not going to hurt her career. And she specifically says that she 
only works. She dedicates herself to one location. That's why it was so hard for her to decide whether or not she would cook for him or not because she she's dedicated to working for one entity. And if I could fly somewhere, make one cake and get an emerald necklace, I would too. Yeah. That's, that's kind of an amazing, yeah, I would totally do that. There's no way I'd be like, yeah, jackass, I'll run your hotel kitchen for a year. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. And no. I get that the, like her career parallels her relationship style, you mm-hmm. know, where she was kind of flying all everywhere and, you know, not settling down. And then, you know, now she's found one spot. So she's got to find one man. Like, yeah. I, I understand that that's the parallel in the book. But again, there's no true conflict, I feel like. What I love is like the little the little bumps in the road that they they have. It's usually petty jealousies mm-hmm. with somebody else mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Her friend, who's also a chef, shows up and he just sees this guy talking to her and again gets irrationally angry because that's what Blake does. It's flies off the seat of his pants. Mm -hmm. Petty jealousies. And then our main female character's flaw is she is just totally, she doesn't believe in love. She's just like, love doesn't exist. Yeah. And doesn't really have a good reason for that. Granted, both her parents have shit relationships, but it doesn't really make sense why she's like this. Yeah. So, like, the bare bones (laughs) of this story if we were to cut everything out is like these two successful people we got the angry dude and then we've got the female who doesn't believe in love and it's those two personalities trying to find a way to mesh Mm -hmm. and I mean of course they eventually do (laughs) yeah but you don't really ever get a sense of why no you know and I think that that's just as far as the story that's kind of a uh, it's because they're attracted to each other and he's turned on by her ambition and and that's and then and he wants to conquer that he's like yes in the first page I do feel like that's what it is. I get what I want. It was interesting, too, that she's got both of them separately reflecting on their first meeting because they're going to meet for this thing. Yeah. And both of them, the assumption they make going in is, well, they're probably going to be ugly. Yes. You know? I, yes, Rude. I made a note of that. Right. He's thinking about how she's probably middle-aged and plain with, you know, uh, pudgy for meeting her own desserts. Yeah. And she's thinking about how he's going to be a stuffy, boring, bald, stupid, yeah, gaudy. And like the, the first thing, she, the first thing yeah. she thinks when she sees him is, oh, he's not pudgy or something right. or something along yeah. those lines. And you're like, oh my God. He, uh, <laughs> and I, I have to point this out. I'm sorry, because it made me laugh and you just made me think of it. When Nora writes his first viewing of her or when he sees her for the first time, he talks about how her waist is hand spanable. Oh yeah, bullshit. And I go, what is that? <laughs> like, what is this word? No, I have <laughs> heard that so many times. Yeah, is this is a normal it's word? A thi- no, it's a thing in yes, romance where novels. you can span someone's ha- waist with your hand. It's such a, like, an I know. One woman that actually fit into that, and she was a ballerina. She was a literal professional ballerina. You know, this is not attainable for anyone, especially. Yeah. You would gain weight breathing the air in the kinds of kitchen that she works in. <laughs> Bullshit. She is like this little bitty size two, whatever. Right? I just thought it was an odd description. So I didn't well, know that. I didn't know and that he was a normal. She was the maid. He walks into her house <laughs> I, I know. for this interview and sees her and assumes she's the maid on a day off i'm like what let me tell you that <laughs> that sparks an interest with me and a fella <laughs> now okay we've been taught we've been t- throwing sorry, yeah. around it i want to talk about the sex in this book because whenever i read a romance novel i judge it by how the sex scene unfolds and i'm telling sometimes whenever i'm reading it like they're using all this figurative language and i'm like what is happening right now i am tired of you making this metaphor to like fireworks and things like oh, that yeah is there is there penetration yet we need to talk about mm-hmm. this because <laughs> I, I spell it right out in mind yes there Thank is God. this is when he that, yeah lexi <laughs> 
my daughter is my beta reader. She's also your sound engineer. Um, she has to read all of this stuff that her mother wrote. So with mine, I, you know, I get right down to it. I have plenty of, of metaphor too, but in books like of this era, especially, a lot of times you can't really tell what's going on. No. He did go downtown in one. He did. I was impressed by that. That he did. is, for I that think, era, you didn't see that very much. I think he got a boner on page 94. Yeah. <laughs> So, because he, and this is what she does, because she uses the word need. And I think that's what she uses, like, yeah. to s- describe just, like, their sexual desire. It goes, he could feel the first stirrings of need. Stirring is always a boner word. Yeah. Yes. And then, yeah. um, I think he also goes to second base on page too. 120. Found her. I yes, under that. her sweater. Yeah. He found her. It it's could like, feel her heartbeat. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, dude. Mine are not all that hard to find. I don't know about hers, but... It it makes me think, okay, because I have read these since, like, middle school, and it's pretty much how I figured out how sex worked, to tell you the truth. Yes. Um, That's another reason I'm explicit in mine, because some people need to learn. Well, it's like... Let's let's do a public service while we're... (laughs) Thank you. While we're letting people read some stuff. education. Yes. Like, while you're reading, you're like, every time I've had sex, is that what a guy is thinking about me at the same time? <laughs> is he stirring with me? <laughs> I'll ask my husband next time. It's the kids. I don't think they think. Honestly, I don't think men think about a no. whole lot during sex. We we say in books that they do. What you I know, would like um, is to see. Okay, well, maybe I wouldn't like to see it because it might just like numb my brain. But a male written sex scene and something like this, I would like to see what it is that they really focus on. Right. Because in this, in sex scenes with Nora Roberts, it's what you can figure out from her, you know, lyrical prose of sex. It seems a lot of give and take, right? Like, it's pretty equal. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty good for that time, right? You said he went, yeah, I he mean, went downtown at one time. He did. And that's that's pretty progressive for that time period. You didn't see that a whole lot. Really, there was a very, very problematic trend in romance fiction in the 70s and 80s where non-con was a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I mean, shit, it goes clear back to Gone with the Wind, you know, the scene with Rhett and Scarlet. She's in love with Ashley Wilkes until Rhett rapes her one night, and then she's in love with him. And uh, that's... You see that a lot. And so this was pretty progressive. It's mm-hmm. not progressive by today's standards. No. But for the time it was written, yeah. I mean, she gave the, the woman a lot more agency than women usually had mm-hmm. yeah. in romance fiction at the time. What drives me nuts, and I mean, this goes... T- for the sex parts and the regular parts too. But I just feel like she is constantly rebuffing him and he never really takes that into consideration. Yeah, yeah he's like, no, that's not happening. And that you know? annoys me. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, respect what the woman said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and her, his horrible father too. I mean, you know, she, she comes in and his father just basically drools all over her. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, and by the way, I nailed her mom, too, which his father did at some point nail her mother way back when. That's right. You know, Nora Roberts has <laughs> side nails <laughs> in her books. Yeah. Everybody can appreciate that. I mean, I like that in a romance novel if somebody mm-hmm. else is doing it on the side, too. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, what did you think about the sex scene? Okay, so the first time that they, quote unquote, make love, I actually thought it was kind of interesting because it kind of felt like it was scenes from a movie in a way when mm-hmm. more specifically the certain line where she goes fingers of moonlight fell across exposed flesh a shoulder the length of an arm a lean torso 
like for me that seems like a lot of romantic movies mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you don't get a full scene you you do just get the flashes of a little bit of flesh a little bit of you know sweat here and there and i'm like okay so this is definitely written for women it feels voyeuristic <laughs> yeah almost yeah with how they write it yeah. so it's not that i didn't like it i mean i love some of her imagery that she uses even when she talks about how his apartment for the first time she's using masculine words to just mm-hmm. kind of describe yes this is a luxurious apartment but the pillows are lined up military style yeah. or you know she uses a lot of like gray slate like she's very good in terms of setting the scene and giving you that feeling my issue just comes down to dialogue most of the time mm-hmm. i don't think that their conversations are real <laughs> i don't <laughs> it's not it doesn't read as organic no no i feel like um, if you were to say them out loud it would just be ridiculous yes that's what somebody ought to do just a, a podcast of people reading a romance novel conversations from the 80s that would be hysterical 